Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. Today, we're going to be talking about a Spurs playoff berth. Our San Antonio Spurs clinched a playoff spot in this year's NBA in the in this year's NBA playoffs. They winded up beating the Sacramento Kings by a score of 98 to 85. And we are actually joined by our friend and co-host, Thomas the Spurs Dude Vega, also known as TTSD. So an all-new episode of the Two Shots Podcast starts now. All right, Thomas, this was a must-win for our San Antonio Spurs, and it looks like they won in convincing, convincing fashion over the Sacramento Kings by a final score of 98-85. to 85. Our San Antonio Spurs, it looks like they finished the season, or they're going to finish the season at 47-34. and 34. They do have one game left on the season against the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday. Now, that game is nothing more than a game of seeding. So if the Spurs win that game, I think they will clinch. They can't go any high, can't go any lower if they win than the fifth or sixth seed. If they lose, they could fall all the way to the seventh seed. So this is a uh, another must win for the San Antonio Spurs. But what did you think about tonight's game? I was at the game tonight with uh, some of my friends, and I must say, Thomas, I wasn't convinced the Spurs were going to win this game until midway through the fourth quarter. What did you think about this game? Yeah, I got to say, uh, I pretty much feel the same way, man. You know, I was watching the game as well, and uh, it seemed like one of those games where the Spurs just couldn't make shots to save their lives for some reason or another. Uh, you know, even the easiest shots, it seemed like they were having trouble just making some of these shots. And, you know, it it, it, it was pretty much affecting the whole team. And I don't know if it was a mental thing. It had to have been mental because for some reason there was just a lid on that basket and nothing wanted to go in. And even yeah, Sean, uh, Sean Elliott and even Bill Land were kind of perplexed during the broadcast, and they were even kind of surprised how these shots just weren't going in. And uh, But I think a lot of it had to do with how the, how the Kings were playing the game uh, for most of this game. You know, they really came out and they really played the Spurs really hard. Uh, defensively, know, they, also, they did. Uh, defensively, I did. I can attest to that because I was at the game, and the and the Kings they took Lamarcus Aldridge out of the game, and you can see that yeah, in they the final box the score. Game. Yeah, yeah, they really tried to double team him, even triple team him at times. They didn't want him getting the ball at all, and pretty much you can pretty much credit their their coach for doing that. I'm sure he uh, showed him film on Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, him being able to score so easily, but. That's a guy that you can't allow him to go one on one with anybody because they'll just eat him up alive. Yeah. But you know they were you know they were sending a lot of double teams, triple teams at that times. But I think even Willie Cauley Stein, his height and his length affected Lamarcus Aldridge. You're talking about double zero. Yeah. Yeah, because we noticed him too, man. He was very active tonight, and you know he kind of reminded us in, in in spades. You know, in certain moments. He kind of moved a little bit like Tim Duncan, not like he played like Tim Duncan, but just his mannerisms and the way he moved out there on the court kind of reminded us of Tim Duncan, you know, kind of the way he was yeah. playing near the end of his career. I mean, he's nearly he's not nearly as good, but, you know, there was some some resemblance there. But 
that was all it was. It was just some resemblance. But credit to the Kings. They played the Spurs tough on defense. And, you know, they try to make us a one-trick pony again by attacking LaMarcus Aldridge. But on, but this time it kind of backfired on him because you had Rudy Gay, you had Manu Ginobili, and Brent Forbes. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with these guys, with all of Spurs Nation, with you, and with everybody else that's out there. It's kind of embarrassing to the Spurs when you have to rely on a 40-year-old Manu Ginobili to win games. I mean, what did you think, Thomas? Yeah, you know, Manu is, you know, I've joked about it before and, you know, but it's kind of true, you know, Manu's playing on his last hair follicles. I mean, there's not much left. There's nothing <laughs> left, man. There's nothing there's left. There's <laughs> really not. I mean, there's very little, if anything, but, you know, Manu, you know, he goes out there and he dives on the floor, you know, he's going up for loose balls. He's creating havoc and, Manu's played like this his entire career ever since he got into the league. And, you know, that's the only way he knows how to play basketball is hard and, you know, diving for loose balls and, you know, making plays. And if it wasn't for his efforts tonight, what he did out there, what he did out there for the Spurs, they would have never won this game without nope, him. And that's wouldn't. still, that you know, it's crazy that we're still saying that even <laughs> 20 years later that they would have lost without him. That's insane when you think about it because he's 40 years old and he's still going out there busting his butt trying to get wins and that's the competitor that he is yeah thank god for Manu Ginobili dude because if it wasn't for him I mean we would have been in some bad shape even with Bryn Forbes and Rudy Gay having a good game off the bench if it wasn't for Manu's points and his efforts we would have lost this game you know yeah because Manu really changed yeah, Manu really changed the momentum of the game as well. Uh, you know, for the most part, for the Spurs, he was able to change that momentum, and that's what kind of got him over the hump because they weren't able to score on the Kings, and they were having a hard time scoring. Um, oh yeah. You know, and you know the Kings just played them hard, but it was a really good game, and you know it's one of those games where it just came down to the very last minute. Yeah, and, and the Kings Sometimes weren't laying down. You, the Kings weren't laying down either. They came in here to play. No, they were. You know. Yeah, they were coming at them in waves i mean they were sending pretty much all the arsenal they had and they were going at them um but you know to me these type of games are kind of good because it prepares them for the playoffs as well yeah it shows them basically i guess how hard they have to play to win you know in the playoffs because every game is crucial especially the if the spurs right now they've already clinched a playoff berth but respectively, we don't know where they're going to finish right now. It's still a question mark. And we're talking about this a little after midnight our time. It's 12.45 p.m. when we're doing this broadcast. And we really don't know where the Spurs are going to finish because it's going to come down to the last game of the regular season before these the seeding is set in stone. Basically, the Spurs have made a playoff berth. They've clinched a playoff spot. But if they can beat the New Orleans Pelicans, the lowest they can go, I believe, is the sixth seed. If they lose to the Pelicans, the lowest they can go is the eighth seed. You know, I mean, what do you think about that, Thomas? I mean, as you look at the season and how it started and how it's ending and we don't have a Kawhi Leonard. I mean, what do you what do you make of this? Well, uh, 
you know, what I make of this is that the fact that the Spurs made the playoffs without their best player, their best offensive and defensive player for an entire year, for them to still make the playoffs, no matter what seeding they are, the fact that they still made it. I mean, what other team would have done that? Probably I mean, not if many. You take Anthony, if you take Anthony Davis off the Pelicans right now, they don't make the playoffs. Oh, no. If you take, you know, if you take, now obviously the Warriors, they're missing Stephen Curry, but let's just say they didn't have Kevin Durant either. If you take him off that team, they're not making, I mean, they're not going to be effective without him. Uh, obviously, they were going to make it anyways, but. It's like you know, taking Damian Lillard. It's like taking Damian Lillard yeah, out of the play. Portland. The Blazers, they're not winning. Yeah. You take LeBron off the Cavaliers, they're not winning. You take uh, you Kyrie. Know, all these important. Yeah. Off the Celtics, they're not winning. But you take Kawhi Leonard off the Spurs, and he's just as good as all these other guys were mentioning. And But for some reason, the Spurs still make it because they have a system that works. And and we also have a Greg Popovich, and a lot of yep. the other teams do not. <laughs> yeah, Popovich so is the all goat. These things, yeah, all these fact, all these things factor in into making a good team, and you know people can try to emulate the Spurs, but there's only one Spurs team. So if anybody can do it, it's them. If anybody, and and could you only imagine if they had Kawhi Leonard at this point, oh, a man. healthy Kawhi Leonard, they would be dominating. In the playoffs. I dare say, Thomas, that at this point, if they had Kawhi Leonard, they'd probably be 10 or 15 wins better, you know? Yeah. yeah. Easily. I mean, easily. Because, you know, the one thing is that Spurs fans fail to realize that how instrumental Kawhi Leonard is to this team now that he's not playing right now is that he's Mm -hmm. a great closer. We don't have closers on this team other than Kawhi Leonard. And we've seen that happen, you know, game in, game out. On the road, you know, this year our Achilles heel has been the road and we can't close out teams in the third and fourth quarter. But had we had a Kawhi Leonard on the team, I don't know, Thomas, I think this would have been a very different season. Oh, yeah, it would have. And and I, you know, I talk about this with people all the time. It's like if Kawhi Leonard was, you know, on there 100 percent, I don't see how anybody would beat the Spurs. I mean, I think they would start beating teams that, you know, I think they could beat anybody in the league. Oh, At 100%, yeah. no they can beat anybody. They can beat anybody. I don't care if it's the Cavaliers, the Rockets, the Warriors. They could beat anybody. It don't matter but, who it uh, is. Yeah I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Kawhi in the lineup, it changes everything. It changes yep. the it changes the entire uh, physique of the Spurs. Yeah. It changes their entire team. He Just him alone changes everything everything i mean you talk and he's a great player i mean you're talking about a guy that's worth 250 million if not more yeah this is a franchise player and obviously yeah you know it sucks that he's not out there right now but oh man you know when he gets 100 percent again and he's feeling like himself again you know even lebron knows that he's going to terrorize the league at that point you know and thomas he didn't win that back-to-back uh Defensive Player of the Year award for nothing, right? Oh, no. And, you know, had he been healthy this year, he probably would have won it a third straight time in a row. Uh, You know what? I'd have to say I agree with you on that one because now that Kawhi hasn't been playing, Thomas, I think Spurs Nation sees how important he really is to this team 
Because other yep. than Danny Green out there on the wing, you know, guarding these players and playing a great defensive game, the only other player that we have that can affect the compl- the complexion of the game is Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, one thing that I saw tonight, man, is get Paul Gasol off the damn floor in the fourth quarter. What the hell yeah. are you guys thinking? I saw this this man on the floor, and my God, Thomas, I don't know what the hell T- Popovich is thinking. This this man has no lateral movement to save his life. It looks like he's stuck in cement. He's stuck in mud. I, I mean, what did you think about him in the fourth quarter when you saw him? Yeah, Pagasaw, you know, I've talked about it, you know, all season. He's just a lot older. He's a shell of his former self. This is not the same Pagasaw that used to play for the Memphis Grizzlies. This is not the same Pagasaw that played with the Lakers. This is a guy that's past his prime, way past it, and he's about ready to retire. Oh, yeah. I think I think he should retire after this season because his lateral quickness has left him. He is just standing yeah. out there. And you know what? In the fourth quarter, he is a big liability. And you know another person who's a big liability in the fourth quarter? Somebody, please, I don't care who you are, get Patty Mills off the damn floor, please. I mean, this dude was just killing me, man. I was like, what are you doing, Patty? You know, I mean, I love Pat- I love me some Patty Mills, but in the fourth quarter and closing out games, no, sir. I do not want no part of him. What did you think? Yeah, you know, it, it, and that's been an issue all season, I think. Uh, but, you know, there are times where he does, get, you know, catch on fire. He's actually playing better than Danny Green is right now. So you got a point. Uh, <laughs> Israel Camacho, yeah. I'm going to call you out right now, man. But this is the truth, my friend. I mean, Danny Green is a great wing defender. But when it comes to crunch time in the fourth quarters, let Thomas the Spurs do tell you how he's doing. How is he doing in the fourth quarter? Close out games, Thomas. He's not doing much at all. I mean, he's, you know, he, tonight he blew a dunk, you know, missed a couple of wide open shots. I mean, these are these are plays that, you know, the Spurs rely on you to make. And if you're playing for $40 million contracts, you better finish your dunks. You better finish your layups, and you better make your wide open shots. Those because, are wide open three-pointers, you, know, are, you mean? Un- un- Those wide open three-pointers, right? These are pretty much, yeah, I mean, these are gimmies. You know, and that's the thing that kills me about Patty Mills, too, is that Patty Mills has some of these wide-open three-point shots, and they're in the, you know, they're in the, the flow of the game. They're within the, the, the whatever the defense has given you. And for some reason, man, if the shots are too wide open, Thomas, and you've seen this, too, all season, they just can't make these shots, man, and... You just are left yeah. scratching your head. But you know what the weird thing is? If they have somebody who's 6'11", 6'9", coming at them, it's money, dude. And that's the thing that that really gets me irritated about this Spurs team. I'm like, do you really have to have like a LeBron James coming at you before you hit a three-pointer in crunch time when you're wide open? What the hell is wrong with you guys? I mean, you've seen it too, right? Oh, yeah, I've noticed it too. I think it's... You know, the uh, that used to be an issue that Allen Iverson used to have. Oh, man. He used to have that same issue. He even admitted it, that he would make more shots when people were guarding him than when he was left wide open. And I think it's a mental thing. You know, I, I have to agree with you, man. But, you know, 
the Spurs showed a lot of toughness tonight because they could have folded, you know, and basically they were they were out of this game for first three quarters. You know, then the fourth quarter started and they were still out of this game. They made a run. Manu actually turned his, he elevated his game and he flipped that switch and said, you know what? I'm not going to lose this freaking game. We need to win this damn game and I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And when he flipped that switch, it changed the whole dynamic of the game. The Spurs were on. The Spurs were active on defense. Before Manu flipped that switch, Thomas, you tell me if you saw the same thing. This Spurs defense was softer than wet cake. They couldn't get any freaking stops in this game until Manu Ginobili came up and once again saved the day. I mean, what did you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the same thing that you just said pretty much. Uh, Manu was a huge difference maker, and if it wasn't for him tonight, if it wasn't for his plays and hustle plays and, you know, going after loose balls and stuff, they would have lost because he really changed the momentum. And, you know, that's the thing about Manu Ginobili. He can change the momentum of any game, you know, and he can turn things around really quickly. So, you know, despite his age, he's the type of guy that you got to be on your P's and Q's because at any moment, he can turn that, flip that switch. Who is a better player at 40 years old? Vince Carter, Manu Ginobili. I would have to go with Manu Ginobili. I'd have to agree with I think you, Vince man. Carter, and, and Vince Carter is still kind of good, but I think Manu is a little more effective. He is a lot of, he's a lot more effective, man. Vince Carter I think he's out there in crunch time for his experience. Manu Ginobili is actually out there in crunch time because he still has that magic in him, man. Whatever that magic juice is, whatever that grandpa juice is, Manu Ginobili, he sure as hell has it, man. Oh, yeah. You know, and he and, does. And the thing is, too, is like, you know, I don't know, man. Our point guard position's a little thin right now. I mean, I do see a lot of good things out of DeJounte. He just seems to make some bad decisions at certain times of the game, and they come at the worst times. You know, Tony Parker, his his best days are behind him, and he really tries hard out there. I mean, he plays really hard. He just doesn't. He's just like Paul Gasol, man. They're already at the end of their their careers, and they just don't have that lateral quickness anymore. Like like Tony Parker. And the in crunch time, he just seems to be too much of a liability to keep him out there on the court. I would love to see Popovich just go with DeJounte Murray the whole fourth quarter. What do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I think he I think he's gotta do that eventually, especially if he's gonna be the future point guard of of the Spurs. You gotta, you know, get him in those moments where you know, to get him experience in the fourth quarters and Exactly. You know, I think DeJounte just needs to, you know, he just needs more experience. That's all. He just needs to learn how to close out these games. And he's not going to learn by him sitting on the bench and you putting a a Tony Parker in. If anything, I think Tony Parker should be talking to DeJounte on the bench and telling him exactly what he needs to, to do to get his mind right and make better decisions. I think the time of passing the torch has passed. And, you know, DeJounte Murray is our future point guard. He is athletic. He is the one of the fastest guys out there on the court. And he can actually affect the complexion of the game in crunch time. And you know what? For his small size, Thomas, I have to say, this guy's one hell of a freaking rebounder. I mean, he's going up there against guys that are 6'9", 6'11", 7-footers. 
and he's coming up with huge rebounds. I mean, he should be in crunch time, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's got the athleticism to get off the ground. Uh, he's got very long arms. He's very lengthy. He's very long. And that's just his body physique. That's just the way he is. Uh, obviously, you know, he'll add more muscle as years go on, but uh, that's just his, his body type is very thin. You know, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to shoot some stats out at, at Spurs Nation right now. The Spurs were out of this game for the first three quarters. Even midway through the fourth, they were out of it. But what turned the game around for them, and it's you can even see it for yourself here on the stat sheet, Manu Ginobili came up big for us again tonight because the Spurs actually won the battle of the paint. Points in the paint, Kings had 30, Spurs had 40 to finish the night. Second chance points. This is a big, big stat of the night for me. Second chance points, which means these 50-50 balls, balls coming off the rim because people are, our players are shooting three-pointers or, you know, maybe long shots or going to the rim and missing. The Spurs actually won that battle for the 50-50 ball. Second chance points, Kings had nine points, Spurs had 15, which means their second and third chance opportunities, Spurs were better at executing on that end than the Kings were. Fast break points. The fast break points you would have thought went to the Kings because of the way they were just running on the Spurs tonight, but you would be wrong. Fast break points. Kings had nine points on the night. Spurs had 10. So that means that the Spurs were actually a step quicker than the freaking Sacramento Kings. That's amazing, man. That means that they were really on it in that fourth quarter. I mean, that fourth quarter is what really won them this game. You know, if they. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't, like you said, if it wasn't for Manu Ginobili, we would have lost this game. And right now, the Spurs have clinched a playoff berth. But what that really means is that they just did that. They can't finish any lower than, I believe, the seventh seed at this point or the eighth seed. If they can beat the New Orleans Pelicans on the road, that means that the Spurs can secure either the fifth or sixth seed in the NBA playoffs. I mean, they're going to be playing whatever team. I mean, because at this point, the seating isn't even set in stone until Wednesday night. Isn't that crazy, dude? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, I've never it's, seen it, anything like it. Yeah, that's a, and that's how competitive the West is. That is how competitive the West is. You know, and, and the thing is, look, if I'm looking at stat sheets and I'm looking at right now and I'm looking at what the Sacramento Kings did and I'm looking at what the San Antonio Spurs did on the night, you have LaMarcus Aldridge, who was double and triple teamed the whole damn night. He still had 15 points. You know, he still did his thing. And he still came big, came up big for us in crunch time in certain key moments of the game. Then you have Patty Mills with 15 points. And remember I had mentioned Paul Gasol. What did Paul Gasol do tonight? Well, Paul Gasol played a total of 19 minutes and 35 seconds. And he scored a whopping two points. Two points on the night. Mm -hmm. Yet he was out there in the fourth quarter. Why? Why do they continue to leave him out there when he's putting up numbers like this? Get his sorry ass off of the floor and put somebody in there who can play and close out a game. This is what's been killing me, man. I do not believe in Paul Gasol in the third and fourth quarters. 
Get him off of there. DeJounte Murray. He played a total of 15 minutes tonight. He had four points. You have Kyle Anderson. He played a decent enough game, you know, but he's out there more for defense. So he scored eight points on the night. Our big guys off the bench were Rudy Gay with 18 points. We had a Tony Parker. Tony Parker tonight, he scored a total of two points. I was like, hmm, okay. Then you had Tony Parker. I mean, Tony Parker. You had Amanu Ginobili who scored 17 points. And Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans, I don't know if I'm a believer or what, but this dude only had two points on the night. Uh, not a person that I want out there on the floor in the in the fourth quarter in crunch time. But we had a Bryn Forbes who hasn't had who's had an up and down season. He had 11 points tonight. So I don't know, man. Who would you rather have closing the game, Davis Bertans or Bryn Forbes? That to me is a toss up. What do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I think it's on. I think certain nights, uh, each of these players, you know, have their nights where they're just hitting shots, and I think it just fluctuates between him and Bertans. You know, one night it might be uh, Brent Forbes, the other night it might be Davis Bertans, and I don't know if there's a real definite answer for that question. It's 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 the lesser of two evils. Whoever's hitting that night, that's the person that you want out there on the floor in crunch time, but. Again, there's no consistency there. So you never know who's going to be your your guy to go to for the night. Are you going to go with the Davis Bertans or are you going to go with the Bryn Forbes? It's kind of a toss-up, you know? It's like you really, literally, I think Popovich is on the bench flipping a coin. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> our, our San Antonio Spurs are going to finish the season off on the road against the New Orleans Pelicans. And you can actually watch that game tomorrow, and it's an early tip at 7 p.m. Now, this is a very instrumental game, very important once again, because at this point, the Spurs have clinched a playoff berth. This game is only for seeding. And please, please, please let the Spurs win a game on the road because, Thomas, I don't know, man. If they fall to the seventh or eighth seed, it's going to be a tough first round because they're going to either be playing Houston Rockets or the Golden State Warriors? Would you rather see them play the Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors, or would you rather see see them play a Tr- Portland Trailblazers or a Utah Jazz? Hmm. Uh, well, we showed the other night we could beat the Blazers, and I I think it's the same thing with the Jazz. I mean, it's pretty much it's pretty much even, man. When you think about it, it's kind of even. I don't think. Uh, Obviously, you don't want to play the Houston Rockets first round. They're the you know best in the West, but same thing with the Warriors without Curry. But you, it's gonna, it's like a toss up between Portland and Utah. I'd have to agree with you. You know, it's the lesser of two evils, but I'd rather see them be a fifth or sixth seed than see them fall down to the seventh or eighth. It is what it is on that end. Hopefully, our Spurs can use this momentum to win this game on the road against the New Orleans Pelicans. So with that, we're going to go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast. What do you think your what's your prediction for tomorrow, Thomas? Spurs win or lose against the Pelicans? Ooh. Man, that's a tough one cuz 
you know, uh, New Orleans, for some reason, has always been difficult for the Spurs to win there. It's For some reason, they always have a hard time, you know, trying to play the Pelicans in New Orleans. So if they win, it'll probably be by maybe three, four points. I think it'll be a close game if they win. I can, I can pretty much say the same thing, dude. I think at this point, I'm picking the Spurs to win this game on the road against the New Orleans Pelicans, but it's going to be a hard to it's going to be a hard fought win. And I actually, I'm picking the Spurs to win by no less than three points tomorrow on the road. So that's my prediction. I actually think that they're going to wind up winning, and they'll probably clinch either the fifth or sixth seed. Either way, I think their Spurs are going to start the playoff season on the road, and that's going to be a really tricky territory for them because they haven't had a good road work record but all we can do here in san antonio is support this team get behind them and danny green if you have not seen the tweet that he put out tonight thanking the fans and saying how instrumental the fans are to the team winning here at home you got to go out there and you got to check it out it's uh, danny green green ranger uh, you got to check it out on, on on twitter and see exactly word for word what he put out there because it was very powerful and he was actually thanking the fans and saying that they couldn't have nearly gotten as far as they did this season if it wasn't for the fans so the fans are exactly that they're the six man you got to get crazy spurs fans for your purse for your spurs in these playoffs you got to get loud you got to get nuts you got to be loud the whole game it's not just in crunch time or First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. No, you got to be loud the whole damn game. You know, I, I've seen fans and I've been out there in the fan zone and I've seen fans in the lower bowl. Dude, at this point, there is no comparison, man. The fans in the fan zone and the upper levels, they got it going on. These guys over in the lower bowl, it seems like they're more hell bent on just eating and drinking some beers. You know what? If you want to do that, go and sit your asses down over in the Rock and Brews stand and give your tickets up to the real true fans because these the fans, the real true fans need their voices to be heard at the game. If you're not going to wear a T-shirt, you're not going to scream and yell for the full 48 minutes. Get your ass out of there. What do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I agree, too. I've been saying this for years. Uh, and I think a lot of I think a lot of it has to do with people being spoiled and I think they're so used to the Spurs always winning that they just assume that they're going to win. And that's just been the culture, it seems like, in the lower bowls. Yeah, but it's just a bad culture that they have in the lower bowl, man. When other teams, you know, have better, I guess, fan a fan base over in the lower bowl than we do, eh, it's just kind of embarrassing. But at this point, it is what it is, but we need Spurs Nation in full effect. Uh, you know, you need to support your Spurs. And you know what? Fiesta wouldn't be Fiesta if the Spurs weren't in the playoffs. So get crazy, get loud, support your team. And we're going to end this episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So until next time, go Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go. <laughs>